Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Friday morning here in the city of Tucson, March the 11th, 2022. It is 7.02 on your Tucson Friday, and you're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, or maybe you're listening on the uh, on the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or your Alexa-enabled devices. You got that as well. Pardon me, or maybe you're listening in the future. That magic of podcasting, uh, which you can download uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Regardless, I appreciate you tuning in. And I, I, like today's show is, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I have a few topics that I want to talk about, and there's a, there are so many things to dive deeply into those topics about. I, I mean, it's just, and of course, you know, it all happens. 30 minutes after I get off the air yesterday, I get a text message that um, that the owners in Major League Baseball had kind of approached the players' union about the the international draft and how the like about a draft lottery and things like that. And it got me. I immediately got to thinking. I'm like, this is this is how like this is how two entities begin to communicate with one another. Like. We've all been there before. We've all had an argument with our significant other or, or whomever, maybe somebody at work or something like that, and there's an ongoing argument. There's a, there's a litany of things that y'all have been arguing about, and we've all been there before. And then, like, there's, like, one stipulation or one aspect of that argument that seems mundane. It's, it seems like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's this and that, that kind of catches somebody's attention. Like, the, the 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 international draft had so little to do with this entire this entire lockout this entire new CBA, but it was that was the thing that got the owners back to the negotiating table, like and it just it happened it, it snowballed I was I mean I I was texting with someone yesterday and it happened rapidly, so these two side when we signed off yesterday okay when I when I signed off yesterday. The latest in the bargaining agreement, or the latest in you know, the baseball saga, was that the lockout was going to reach 100 days. Cause it was the 99th day yesterday. Today would have been day 100. That the lockout was going to reach 100 days, that there was not going to be a spring training, that the opening day would, would be pushed back until April 14th at the earliest. I mean, at the very earliest. And that three, possibly upwards of five opening you know, week or two week series uh, for every team were off the table. Then Major League Baseball, all this arguing going across, and you know the money and all that. I mean, they they could the two sides could not have been further apart. I've said it. I've been saying it every day since we've been back on the air here. It, it's and this is not just me reading the tea leaves. This is getting information directly from sources, and they just there was no there was no give on either side. There really wasn't. Both were dug in deep. And then yesterday, the owners say, "Hey, that international draft thing. What is what is that? What do you guys you know? What do you guys want to that?" And the player association is like, "Oh, 
uh, yeah, yeah, international draft. Well, we, you know, we're looking for this, and that. I, mean, I don't have the, you know those particulars in front of me. Honestly, that's like the least important portion of this deal. And in fact, that was that's one of the aspects that's not even been negotiated yet. Like, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. So, so the, the players are like scrambling, like, oh yeah, yeah, we got we got that, and then the owners like, okay. Um, Tell us about this this draft lottery thing because you know we you know we're we're interested in a draft lottery. I know you guys want to use like some kind of a of a, a mathematical metric. How about we just keep it simple? This is folks. This is literally how this is basically not literally basically how it all went down yesterday. How how it all began to snowball. The owners then said, "How about this this draft lottery thing? We're interested in a draft lottery, and you guys want this you know convoluted mathematical." thing to you know the average wins over teams above 500 and below 500 and how did you perform once you were eliminated from the playoffs and blah 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 blah. how about we just keep it simple here and just do a lottery would you guys be okay with a lottery and mlbpa was like well sure i mean we don't you know the lottery isn't like the biggest thing or you know tanking teams tanking isn't like the most important thing on our list and it was like okay cool check uh next we have the the uh, uh, basically the the agreement of pre-arbitration bonus pool. So let's talk about that. And and at that point, the PA was like, and the representatives of the, the representatives from the PA were like, okay, this is really happening right now. Like this is this is actually happening. We're they're actually talking to us. They're negotiating with us. They want to know what it is that w- will make us happy. And it all happened, and I'm not kidding, folks. It happened in the span of about 45 minutes yesterday. That's all it took. <laughs> one, one little thing, and this is this has happened in our lives. We should be very familiar with with this type of situation. What's the one thing that got you back into the conversation with that person? Maybe your significant other, or whomever. What's the one thing that brought you back to the table to get you talking again? It was usually it's usually something that's really mundane. You're like, tell me more about, uh, you know, uh, uh, this. oh, well, that, yeah, okay, well, this and that. And then you start talking, and you get, you see each other on the same level. And you realize that the disagreement that you had really could have been resolved earlier, previously. I mean, if you had just listened to one another and realized that whatever was going to happen, there was going to be a compromise regardless, how can you make this compromise seamless and advantageous for both sides major league baseball is still winning i mean they just signed a deal with apple plus to broadcast friday night games for the season which is going to make them a ton of money and as a part of this deal major league baseball is going to make an at least at the bare minimum major league baseball is going to make an extra 85 million dollars a year at the bare minimum just based on the cba alone and that's not even including all of the other stuff that's going to come along with it. Really what happened was, and, I, and I, I had a little short conversation with someone yesterday, and they basically said that that once the owners realized that fans were going to be, the fans were serious about not coming back if there were, if there were games that were lost, that's when the owners said, we, we, we just have to get this done. We have to, we have to stop this nonsense we will concede several of the items on our list and because again the owners have won every cba every, every every bargaining agreement every negotiation for the last 3 decades with major league baseball's 
uh, Players Association. We, we, we talked about the players' union, baseball players' union being the, the strongest union in the country, right? Like we, that, that's, a, that's a, a term that's thrown around by sports talk you know, hosts and media members and things like that, that it's the strongest union in the country. It's the most dominant union in the country. Well, the fact of the matter is they've lost a lot of the battles against the owners in years past, whether it be by poor representation, uh, lack of, of uh, you know, proper negotiating skills, or just the fact that these owners are really good shysters and they're able to negotiate a deal and have the foresight of 10 years down the road knowing that they'll be able to manipulate that particular situation into their favor in the future, knowing full well that they've taken advantage of the players. And that's what's happened over the last two, three decades. So when, when Major League Baseball's Player Association said, we're not giving up this time, we're not going to give in, we're dug in deep, we've earned this, they were right. And I, listen, I mean, again, I'm all for fairness, but they were right. They were they were in the right in this aspect. And and again, it's their own damn fault. I've said it before several times. I'm on record as saying it was their own damn fault for negotiating bad deals in the past. But that's all over now. Because here are the, you know, this is basically, you know, the situation that we're in now. Spring training is going to start imminently. Uh, the the uh, as as far as I know, I mean, the San Francisco Giants are going to open spring training on Friday, March 18th. They have a road game that day. They're going to open a home series uh, or a split squad a split squad uh, day a set of games on Saturday the nineteenth, and they'll play about I think it's I think it's eleven games total before they start into the uh, to the regular season. Opening day is going to be set for April seventh now. When just yesterday, I mean, less than twenty four hours ago, the announcement was made that at the at very best. Opening day would be April 14th. So things moved really rapidly. And it all kind of, I mean, it took me by surprise. I wasn't even looking for it yesterday. I got a text message yesterday like, hey, you might want to <clears throat> you might want to pay attention. You might want to take a look at some stuff. Maybe maybe call somebody to send some text messages because something's happening. Oh, like, well, wait, what? what? No, there's no way. My, my source hasn't said anything. Well, my source was... <laughs> busy working with negotiating. I was like, I was shocked. I was completely shocked. Couldn't believe it. And then when I finally got, I, I talked to some other people before I talked to the other person, uh, you know, several, several hours later, just real, real short conversation. Obviously, he's very busy, very excited, and he's got a lot going on more than just, you know, placating me with some, you know, with some answers to my questions. But, uh, uh, you know, just basically how rapidly it all went down. So, I, I, there, look, there's a lot to go through with this. I don't want to. I don't want to spend the next two hours going through every minute detail. So I'm going to try to truncate as much of the information as possible. But I want to get you guys the information because I know that we have passionate baseball fans out there. I'm one of them for sure. And you know, the economic side of it is, I've always been interested interested in in sports business and economics and things like that. And it's something that it is always. That's uh, always interested me because I learned very early to follow the money. If you want to find out what's going on in sports, you know who the the up and comers are, who the also rans are, what you know what's what's going to be the new hotness. Just follow the money. I learned that very early, which is why I think I'm so interested in in economics and finances when it comes to sports. So 
Here are the – this is the skinny of it all, okay? And we, trust me, I have plenty of Wildcat basketball to talk today. Uh, other NCAA basketball upsets yesterday. One of them was uh, an upset that heavily favors Arizona's chances to secure the one seed now uh, in the south, not in the Midwest, in the south. We'll definitely talk some, major, some, some NCAA basketball, specifically Wildcat basketball, as they play Colorado uh, this afternoon. But – I do want to get into this Major League Baseball thing. So here's the, just the skinny of some of it. And then, look, there's a bunch. I've got nine pages of stuff here that I need to, that I need to kind of mull through. And I've been working on some of it this morning. <clears throat> but some of the major deals. So the, the new CBA is going to last for five years, the new, um, the, the new deal that they, that they struck. The agreement includes the creation of a pre-arbitration bonus pool which is an allotment of $50 million that will be dispersed annually to players who have fewer than three years of service in the majors and who also perform well. Guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who made $600,000 last year, who's, you know, basically his worth to the Toronto Blue Jays was like $51 million, that of a $51 million player. I have, there's an interesting, uh, you know, uh, article on that, on those numbers that I may share with you if I can dig into that. Uh, for the first time, Major League Baseball will have a draft lottery that is expected to include the first six draft picks. Um, it's meant that it's meant as an incentive to, um, I guess, well, it's, it's intended to disincentivize tanking. If I can spit that word out this early in the morning. Um, also, under the new agreement, the minimum salary will begin at seven hundred thousand dollars for this season. And it will raise, uh, it will go up by $20,000 each year until the final year of the deal ending at $780,000. The luxury tax, which was a huge, huge point of contention for the owners. The players got a $20 million boost in luxury tax threshold. So what was previously $210 million for each team that they could essentially spend, it was, you know, I mean, more or less a salary cap, right? before owners have to start paying taxes. Now that number is has ballooned to $230 million in 2022 and will continue to escalate for the other five years of the deal until it reaches $244 million in the final year of the CBA, meaning that teams can spend right now up to $230 million on payroll, $236 million before they essentially start paying the luxury tax. There's like a $6 million buffer in there. I honestly don't understand. Like, look, is the luxury tax threshold two thirty or two thirty six? Because if you don't have to pay till two thirty six, then wh- why is it at two thirty? That's kind of stuff I don't understand. I'm not a CPA. I don't uh, whatever it is, but that's that's the case. Uh, and then you have different tiers of taxes that go on from that. And then there's this new tax called the Steve Cohen tax, which they're it's they've been nicknamed. They didn't actually name it that. Uh, he's the new owner of the Mets, who's going to spend probably three hundred million dollars on his baseball team this year, which is insane. Um, so that's, that's where that is. Okay. Now something for the fans, uh, something that's not, you know, financially based or, or just economics based. The parties agreed to adopt the universal designated hitter. So the universal designated hitter will hit major league baseball this year, which means no more pitchers hitting in the national league. <sighs> I, I, you know, I'll try to keep my opinions out of this, you know, today we'll be able to, I'll be able to share that throughout the year because you know, once we see it in action and stuff, 
I'll tell you right now, I do not like the designated hitter rule. I've never liked the DH rule. Um, I think it takes away from a lot of the major strategy of the game of baseball, and that's one of the things that I enjoy most about the game of baseball is the level of strategy, the chess match that occurs every single pitch in the National League. I don't like American League baseball. I prefer National League baseball. Now they're both going to be the same. I'm not happy about it. Just put it that way. Uh, They will be keeping the amateur draft at 20 rounds, and they will be limiting the number of times a player can be optioned per year. Normally, uh, the the previous number, the uh, players could be optioned six times per year. They have lowered that to now five. Now, the voting I thought was, was interesting because there were essentially 38 representatives of the Major League Baseball Players Association were voting on this. They're the ones that are um, that are handling uh, you know the ballots as, as far as casting ballots and things like that for any kind of proposal from the owners. The players' board voted to accept this deal by a count of 26 to 12. Now, the executive subcommittee, that is like the executive subcommittee, are it's, it's eight members of the Players Association who basically are, they're kind of like the ownership representatives of the league. I, it's, it's hard to explain. Anyway, all eight of them were against the deal. Like, they were like, nope, because... I think they were kind of feeling like maybe they cast their ballots like the players are never going to go for this. We're going to side with the owners on this one. Uh, we, you know, we, we, you know, we, we're, we, you know, we don't think we think the owners are giving up too much. We're not going to we're not going to you know vote for this. I don't know. I don't know what their reasoning was behind it. They didn't come out. And it, the names of the people in the executive subcommittee, I think only one name was out there. I don't even know who it is. Uh, and then 26 of the 30 team reps voted in favor. Now, the dissenting team reps were the Mets the Yankees, the Astros, and the Cardinals. I don't know exactly why or what links them together. Um, You know, the Mets have new ownership. Obviously, they're going to be spending a ton of money with Steve Cohen as their owner now. The Yankees, they always spend a ton of money. And then you have the Astros, and then you have the traditional power of the Cardinals. So I'm not exactly sure what what their reasoning was behind it. Maybe we'll get some more information today and in the weeks to come. But regardless, uh, those are the teams that voted against this newest and latest proposal that was finally accepted by the Players Association. So how does it all work? The tax, the the playoffs are going to look a lot different this year. That's something that fans need to know about. Um, the draft lottery, what what exactly does that entail? I mean, is it going to keep teams from tanking? Because, look, I mean, we hate it when baseball teams tank. We've seen it so many times. We've seen you know a team that's that's 37 and 65 at some point, and they start to have a fire sale, and they're like, "We got to get rid of all these, you know, all these, th- you know, these players. Uh, we'll try to get as much, you know, cash or whatever we can in, in exchange for all this stuff." But they end up tanking, the you know, the remainder of the season, and it's not always for a top draft pick. It's that's not always the you know the, the the draw because draft picks in Major League Baseball. I mean, you can find some of the best players have been drafted in the teens, as far as like in the teenth rounds. So it's not always about getting the number one player. It's not like in the NFL or the NBA, NBA specifically, where uh, getting that number one overall player can change the future of your franchise. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I think one of the, you know one of the more important things is, and one of the things that I was really in favor of in this particular uh, this particular CBA that the players got on their side was you know, basically like the mis the misuse the abuse of players' time and and. Uh, eligibility, it, I call it the Chris Bryant 
situation, and I'll tell about. I'll talk to you guys about that here coming up because I think Chris Bryant's a name that everybody knows. Cub, you know, former Cub, obviously played for the Giants in the second half of the season this year. Um, and then you know we'll talk. I'll, I'll tell you guys a little story about that and kind of how that all works and and what how the manipulation of of players was being handled by the owners and the teams. And then finally, what is this new pool that ha- that has been uh, that has been established? I mentioned uh, you know Vlad Guerrero Jr. His whose worth to his team this year would have been that of a fifty three and a half million dollar player based on his WAR and his numbers and all that kind of stuff. But he was being paid $600,000, this this new pool, this $50 million bonus pool, is going to allow basically an automatic kicker to where the top 100 players in the league that are being paid essentially under, you know, vastly under their amount of worth will get a bonus from that $50 million pool, which is going to be really nice for young players who, you know, like Vlad Guerrero, Vlad Guerrero, would have made an extra, like, you know, $3 million this year, I think, or something like that, uh, based on this particular, um, based on their, I'm sorry, $2.67 million is about what it would have broken down to. So, look, these are these are good things, and, and we'll get into some more of them uh, coming up after the break because I want to discuss some of the, how it's going to affect the fans. I mean, that's obviously what we're most interested in, right? How does it affect us? How does it affect our watching of the games? What is the season going to look like? What are the playoffs going to look like? What do you... What's spring training going to look like? What's the off season going to look like? The off season is going to be insane, by the way. There's like 300 free agents right now, and they've all gone live this morning. <laughs> like it's going to get weird. So be ready. There's going to be a lot of movement out there. Some big, big, big name players out there that are going to be moving, moving teams, and a lot of moving and shaking this morning in Major League Baseball. So we'll have all that for you as best we can. Uh, Sammy Hagar tickets, final day of Sammy Hagar tickets to be given away. That will happen sometime between now and before we get out of here at 8.59 uh, today. So be listening for your cue to call for that. We do have one more pair to give away to go see Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood uh, on September 7th at the Akchin Pavilion. So be ready for that. And we also have plenty of Wildcat talk. We have some NFL to get into. There was an NFL trade. And the Suns return home for a, a weekend slate versus the Raptors and the Lakers. All that and more. Stay tuned to the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. So in this Major League Baseball, in the, in the, in the negotiating, the last 99 days of, of negotiations and stuff, the players, you know, the, the last thing that they wanted was a, a luxury tax that has the same impact as a salary cap. Well, I don't know if they actually accomplished that. So, uh, you know, it's one of those, like, they got the raise in the, in the luxury tax that they wanted, but it's still serving essentially like like a salary cap they negotiated the huge jump it's from 210 to, to the uh, from the old deal to 230 million dollars in year one so that's an extra 20 million this year but the bad news is is that the tax rates remain the same once teams go over those thresholds the only dramatic change that was made was is what they're calling the the steve cohen tax um which is essentially when you know a 
when you go way over. I think it's $60 million over the threshold. So, like, okay, the Mets this year are going to spend, like, $300 million. That's why they're calling it the Steve Cohen tax, right? Because they're going to spend, like, $300 million. They just They just gave Max, a, Max Scherzer a boatload of money to come there uh, as a free agent, right? They're going to spend even more money. They, there's guys in the market that they're still interested in. The Mets are going all in for a championship this year. They want it all right now. Uh, brand new owner, he's like, I want to win right away. So he's going to spend like $300 million, which is $70 million over the luxury tax. So there's going to be a dramatic tax uh, hike, essentially a, a tax penalty, for for teams that spend that much over the salary cap. So, and trust me, it's not going to be – he won't stay there for long. Like, he'll be, he'll be a couple years and be like, I'm done paying this tax. This tax is ridiculous. And they're going to jump they'll, – they'll drop back down. Now, the problem is what's going to happen with that is that essentially teams can then reset their luxury tax threshold. So, like, let's say the Mets for the next two years go way, way over. If they go way under for the next three years, they can reset their penalty. So, like – it's 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 complicated. Basically, what they'll be able to do is they'll be able to recoup some of that tax money because once they get under, they can start taking revenue share from the other from the other teams. So you're going to see teams splash and dash. Like that's what's going to happen. Like they're going to spend a ton of money. They'll drop boom. They'll drop bags of money for a couple of years. Spend you know spend the tax money to get over and see if they can win a championship or two, and then they got to dump it all. Like you'll, it'll be a complete player dump. So I don't uh, I don't like that. The the players I don't think got what they really wanted in that instance. But I think when you talked about the amount of money that they got, the twenty million dollar increase in year one, and then an extra I think it's an extra six million dollars each of the four years after that. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good amount of change. That's that's a pretty good chunk, and that just means that there's more money to go around. But it also doesn't mean that every team's going to spend it. Not every team has $230 million to spend. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks are not going to be like, hey, cool, the luxury tax threshold just went from 210 to 230 We can now drop 220 and still be underneath it. The Diamondbacks aren't gonna, they're not even going to spend $100 million. The, 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 the Cleveland Guardians this year – are expected to spend less than $45 million on salary, on player salary. $45 million on play, And they might not even be the cheapest team in the league. Baltimore might end up being the cheaper team than, than, than the Guardians this year. So, again, it, it, it's great for those five or six teams that are going to spend, you know, the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, occasionally – a team like the Astros or the Phillies may, you know, may jump in and spend a boatload of cash. But for the most part, the market is still going to continue to dictate what teams are going to spend. Or you have teams like, let's say, like the San Francisco Giants that have been really, really savvy over the years. They haven't had to overspend because they've done a really good job at waiver wire acquisitions. They've done a really good job at um, managing free agency as far as like just bringing in a guy for one or two years, they're not going to sign him to a new big deal, but they bring him in for just enough time to where he can help the team, um, and they've got a good culture there, so that helps, and they, like all this kind of stuff. So they, you know, there are teams that are they're going to be able to do that. Not everybody's going to be spending that kind of money, but nonetheless, there are teams that will. So 
like I said, the, like those big five, okay, the Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, occasionally the Astros. So now you've got an extra $100 million, let's say, in the marketplace that they're going to be spending. That they get to spend for free, with you know, for for no fear of of any kind of luxury tax. They can continue to spend more without having to pay out in the luxury tax. So that's a hundred million dollars more for players to go and get, which is good for the players. That's you know, that's just a bigger a bigger pool of money for everybody, and that's basically what the players were wanting. Now, people are wondering what the playoffs are going to look like. The playoffs, folks, this year is going to be a bleep show, and you know what I mean. <laughs> it is going to be. A strange year in the baseball postseason. We'll talk about that next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, it's 739 on your Friday morning, and we're going to give away our final pair of Sammy Hagar tickets right now. Be the third caller at 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. If you're the third caller, you will get a pair of tickets to go see Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood live September 7th at the Ak Chin Pavilion up here in Phoenix. That is going to be a great show. The Red Rocker, Your Love is Driving Me Crazy, uh... Bad motor scooter, can't drive 55, uh, you got to give to live. I mean, uh, so many, so many great, where eagles fly, so many great songs from the Red Rocker. And then, of course, George Thorogood, who's bad to the bone, man. It's bad to the bone, for God's sakes. Like, that's the, the that's the unit right there. So uh, be caller number three right now, 520-719-1490. You will win a pair of tickets to go see Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood in, uh, in Phoenix in September. Good luck and enjoy. All right, the playoffs. What in the hell are the playoffs going to look like? First of all, this year's playoffs are going to be—it's going to be a mess because they're going to—they got to try to pack everything in. The, the 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 point all along is they needed to keep the World Series dates exactly the same. Okay, so by pushing the season back and continuing to play the full 162 game schedule now, which apparently is what they're going to do, the playoffs, the newly expanded playoffs are going to be sardines in a can. Here's how it works, okay? There's going to be a 12-team playoff field this October, 12 teams. Um, there's an extra $85 million a year that Major League Baseball will earn from ESPN by just adding a third wildcard team to each league, pushing it to a 12-team playoff. $85 million just for adding two wildcard teams, one in each league. Amazing. So, because opening day has been delayed, the pressure is now on Major League Baseball to fit their postseason schedule into the tightest window possible. However, you can also say goodbye to any kind of tiebreaker games. Remember how if there was a tie, there'd be game 163 um, or first-round travel days. Those are gone. Okay, the Major League Baseball said we are not we're not doing those. Those are there will no longer be 163 games in a season. You know, teams won't have to play that. There's not going to be first round travel days. We're just going to get in this and we're going to get going right away. They're going to use NFL style tiebreaker formulas, head to head records, that kind of stuff to settle ties. Now, here's how the wild card wild card round is going to look moving forward. First place teams with the two best records in each league are going to get the bye. The remaining division winner 
plus the wild card with the best record will host a best of three series. And all three games are at the site of the top seed, so they get to play a home three-game series. Despite all of the talk of ghost wins to give uh, division winners a greater advantage, they are not a part of this format. Now, here's another question people have, because people didn't, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of playoff expansion. I also don't like just to let anybody into Hall of Fames. Okay, so I'm kind of more like, hey, let's let's let the cream rise to the, the to the top. Uh, I don't like it when a near 500 or under 500 team has a chance to win a championship. Doesn't make any sense to me. So, what are the odds that teams with losing records will start making the playoffs now that they've expanded to 12 teams? Well, first. Toss out the pandemic season, 60-game season, the pandemic season. That was a joke. Don't even worry about that. All right. In the eight full seasons since they started the wild card games in 2013, okay, only one instance. Now, if, if we essentially transpose that into what the new playoff system looks like, only one instance would there have been a sub-500 team, which would have been the 1980, uh, the, uh, 1980, the 2017 uh, Angels, who were 80 and 82, they would have been the only team to get in with an under 500 record based on this new 12-team format. The extra wildcard teams would have averaged 87 wins over that time, so despite the expansion, everybody would have had a winning record, which is good. Okay, so history tells us, based on, you know, ever since the wildcard era began in 2013, that teams with plus 500 records, that there are enough teams with over 500 records to expand playoffs to where you're not having sub-500 teams get in. The 2017 Angels would have been the exception at 80 and 82. Now, here's the interesting part of this, and this is what owners and GMs are kind of looking at. Okay, Now, this is going to change the landscape of baseball as we know it just based on the type of playoff scenario that there could be. This might alter a team-building philosophy uh, loading where, where big market teams are loading up, like the Dodgers, okay, where they're loading up. If a team knows in January that they're good enough to be in contention in the month of July, let's say, would they be likely to spend less money in the offseason to load up over the winter on free agents and things like that, knowing that they can just put the final pieces of the puzzle together at the trade deadline in the middle of July? In the middle to the end of July, now, or, or you know, or you know, right there where uh, you know where they expand the rosters and things like that. You know, even later where they add people, but they'd be adding people to the deadline essentially. Now, this has been a topic of major debate among everyone in the industry because there's also that situation where you have small market teams. Okay, the Rays last year, right? Small market team down there in Tampa, phenomenal baseball team. They were, I mean. Going into the play into the postseason, a lot of people were saying, "Hey, this team could win it all. Like they're they're good enough to beat, uh, you know, the big spenders." Now the Rays, let's say they believe they have a real chance to win, they could also host a wild card round series. So let's just say this, okay, hypothetically, if last year's Rays, you know, won what are they win ninety six games or something like that, if they were playing in this year's twelve team format, okay, they could potentially play in 22 postseason games and host as many as 14 postseason games. 
I don't think I need to tell you the financial ramifications of being able to play in that many postseason games and host that many postseason games. It's going to be a very Merry Christmas in Tampa, if you know what I mean. Because the the amount of buku bucks that, that a team can bring in by hosting that many games. So here's the thing. In fact, one uh, anonymous GM said yesterday, he says, if I find myself in that position, I'm all in. We'd get to the deadline and we're adding. Knowing that the potential to host 14 postseason games where the money is biggest and the, the television revenues are the largest and you're going to be selling out every seat in your stadium, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd sign up for that too. So it may change the philosophies of a lot of the way these teams do business. You know, they talked about the expansion of the – we just talked about the expansion of the, of the luxury tax and how the big market teams can now spend $20 million more per year. But will they do that? I mean, some teams will. <clears throat> As I mentioned, the, the splash and dash method. Some teams, like Steve Cohen and the Mets, are probably going to do that. Over the next five years, you're going to see the splash and dash method. You'll probably see the Red Sox or the Yankees try to steal a couple of championships. And I don't mean steal them. I mean pay for them. Um, you might see the splash and dash method from a couple of those teams. But that might be it. Like, the Dodgers and all their nerds sitting in, you know, in that in the boardroom over there, the 35 guys that it takes to make up a, a, a lineup card on a daily basis for a baseball game, might be starting to really put their educations to, you know, to to real work and pushing that pencil and doing the nerd things and getting the numbers and saying, you know what, if we spend 175 million, we've got a better chance at hosting more playoff games. I, I, I'm, you know. If we, if we work it correctly and we keep ourselves with a lot of trade commodity uh, and trade capital, some cash on hand, maybe we keep uh, you know, some, some guys in the minors for a little bit longer, and now we have a lot of trade capital and, and, and uh, you know, commodities to, to be able to trade at the deadline, we go out there, add two pieces at the deadline, now we're the best team in the league and we didn't have to spend any money. So there's also that that's going to be happening. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, these are, again, this is all speculation. This is all stuff that I've had to put together in my brain over the last 18 hours or so, ever since all this happened. And I started reading about all the different things that are going on. Like there's, there's even more scenarios in my brain that are going on. I can't even spit them out in time, how quickly they're going through my brain. Cause this is how my brain works. Um, but that's, it, it's fascinating to me. The, the expansion of the playoffs is going to change the regular season, it's going to change the offseason, too. Because, like I said, if a team in January says, we're good enough to make the 12-team field, and if we do make a 12-team field and we put the right pieces together in July, we don't have to spend any money right now. Like, we don't have to go out and buy any free agents. We're good enough right now as it is. We can stand pat. We'll get in the playoffs. And if we figure things out, if we're able to do the right things at the trade deadline, make ourselves a real World Series contender, we could host 14 home games in the postseason, and that's an extra 14 sellouts in front of the top television crowds. <laughs> There's going to be very interesting philosophies in the front offices of Major League Baseball teams coming up over the next, I mean, starting now, like starting immediately, right now. <laughs> that's, these are discussions that are being had by every Major League Baseball team as, we, as it stands. So the draft lottery... 
Okay, I don't. I don't want to. Major League Baseball draft has never been a big a big deal. I don't want to bore you guys with with draft lottery stuff. Just know that I don't think it will solve the tanking issue because it's only going to involve six teams, and there's no penalty for being in the in the draft lottery multiple years in a row. There's the service. Essentially, you know, the service pool for players like, you know, a Chris Bryant. I mentioned, you know, the, the Chris Bryant story and stuff, basically, where the Cubs kept him on their minor league roster for 12 games to start his rookie season so that they could delay his eligibility for free agency by one year. So instead of 2020, they got to keep him through 2021 and trade him then. It worked out extremely well. Obviously, he went on to win the National League Rookie of the Year. The Cubs got to keep him around for an extra season, but it didn't work out so well for Chris Bryant because here he is, Major League Talent, National League Rookie of the Year. He's a superstar, and he's getting paid peanuts to play to play in the minors because his team don't want to call him up because they don't want to lose his eligibility for one season long. That's gone. Like That's out the window. That, that crap won't happen anymore, and I'm very happy for that. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after this right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to Ray Holbrook of Tucson. He was the winner of our Sammy Hagar, George Thorogood tickets on this Friday. Ray told Mary that he was caller number two earlier in the week trying to win the tickets. So he found the magic elixir. He just delayed that dial just a just a half a second, just long enough to sneak in for that third caller. And congratulations to, uh, to Ray. And uh, congratulations to all of our winners throughout the week that have won tickets to go see Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood. Should be a good one. Enjoy the show. I know we had a uh, winner earlier in the week that is going to give the tickets to his daughter to go and enjoy. So all awesome stuff going on there. We love giving that stuff away to you guys, and I uh, hope that you enjoy and uh, and take full advantage of those tickets. So congratulations and uh, enjoy. And, of course, thank you for listening. Now, real quick, uh, the final the final aspect of this is the essentially the, the $50 million bonus pool that has now been created. Now, according to nerds, Vladimir Guerrero last year was worth $53.5 million to the Blue Jays because that's, you know, based on his numbers and the awards and stuff like that that he won, his wins over replacement, yada, yada, yada. But his salary was $605,400, which is quite a bit short of $53 million. Now, if Vlad Guerrero had been playing at that exact same season this year, this upcoming season, um, he would have made a lot more, and I shouldn't say a lot more, he would have made more money than he did of that 605000 Now, it's not going to be – I mean, it would require all $50 million of the bonus pool to be able to pay him what apparently he was worth. Unfortunately, that's not how it works because that $50 million bonus pool is going to be paid out annually to the 100 best young players who don't qualify for arbitration yet. So, essentially, um, his salary would have been higher, obviously, Thanks to the hikes in the minimum salary, because seven hundred thousand was the minimum salary, so he'd be making more right off the bat, an extra hundred thousand right off the bat, because minimum is now seven hundred thousand. The bonus pool would have tacked on an extra one point seven five million, so he would have made an extra two million dollars based on the money that was generated from this CBA. So that's good. Like this, this is like this is a good thing. Uh, the biggest dollars are going to go to the players. The, the fifty million dollar pool is going to be divided into two groups. 
the biggest dollars will go to the players who have seasons like Guerrero did based on awards voting. So like MVP, Cy Young, that kind of stuff, Rookie of the Year. Then the remaining dollars will be paid out based on the wins above replacement formula that is still being worked on. It's, they'll have it done before the, uh, the start of the season, but that's the way it is. Um, basically, if you're not eligible for arbitration and you win an MVP or a Cy Young Award, you get $2.5 million. That's a nice splash for your, uh, for your season there. 1.75 if you're a runner-up the way Vladimir Guerrero was, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was this year. He was the runner-up MVP in the AL, so he would have got $1.75 million bonus for that. In short, the players absolutely won this agreement, and I think they should have. They were, they were, it was a long time coming for the players. It was a nice win for the Major League Baseball Players Association and its members. Now I just hope they go out there and play ball and have a great season because I'm pumped now that Major League Baseball is back. Super stoked. Very, very happy about this. I'm just glad that this stupid thing is over. I hate labor agreements. Can't stand them. They drive me nuts. We've been through a lot of them. So thankful that it's over, and it happened so quickly yesterday. All right, coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some Wildcat basketball as the Cats are still alive in Vegas, but not without injury. We'll talk about that next and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Just a quick little two-minute turnaround and more of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.